I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome, you are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is Isaac Harris of Mavs.com. I am not joined today by my other co-host, Nick Angstead, who uh, you're normally hearing his voice right now. Uh, but today I'm joined by Tim Cato of The Athletic, a friend of both of ours, and I'm super thankful for him as he hops on to talk about the roster and the latest roster edition of, a uh, re-edition, I guess, of Trey Burke, uh, other roster stuff. Impacts on free agency. We talked about Disney stuff, um, all of the Adam Silver media conversation on Friday about gimmicks that could be happening in games and um, yeah, just everything about Disney. It's uh, good to reconnect with Tim and I uh, hope you enjoy. All right, I'm joined by none other than Tim Cato himself, the living legend. Can can I call you the living legend? Am I a legend? <laughs> you are a legend. That's high praise. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know about that. You can be a, a Texas legend. I'm a Rick Carlisle press conference legend. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a legend in any in any other context, but um. <laughs> I feel like there was a moment earlier this season that you that some there was an interaction between you and him that, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, it was a that was the oak. That was the okay Tim one. Wasn't it? Wasn't that this year? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was that one. Okay, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was good. Uh, there, there's like, there's like four or five that we've had that like stick out to me, <laughs> that that like reach that level, and I, they all blend together. And you know, like it's it's really just Rick being Rick, and it's funny. Sometimes people on Twitter Twitter think they're hilarious, and sometimes like nobody ever mentions them. You yeah, know, I guess I guess it just depends because Fox usually broadcasts the press conferences, but I think they stop after like four or five minutes. So yeah, I know I, so. I know I've had like back and forth with them after like late in a press conference like six seven eight minutes in um and i'm like oh man i'm gonna get tweets about this and then i think because it wasn't aired people don't even notice it yeah um, but y'all, y'all built a relationship though over the past what six seven years yeah. however long you've been doing this longer than that maybe i don't know this was my yeah this was my seventh year with the press pass okay. with the season press pass i had my first one the 12 13 season Okay. So seven, seven or eight. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we're not friends, but like you know, I, we get along fine. Like yeah. I, I know who he is. He knows who I am. If if I need him for a story, I could call him up. Um, haven't haven't done this quarantine, but you know, at the same time, like I'm not trying to just call him up to chat. Um, you know, I I like to respect his time. You know, I yeah, it's Rick. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna not gonna call him up. Be like. There's you're not this, going you know, fun with you know. him on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that to McMahon. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's for the other Tims on the uh, on the Mavericks beat. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're good. We're fine. You know, we he's he. Uh, I, I think I think he's he's definitely someone who respects that my question asking got better. And like I, you know, I think the the first time he ever, uh, you know, went back at me in a press conference. I was like, oh, sorry, or something, just like yeah. very meekly and quietly. And I was probably like in college, just this you no know, kid. And now I'm just like, 
you know, I'll, I'll ask them a tough follow-up and be like, Rick, you didn't answer my question. What I was asking was this or, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, if, if I get an okay, Tim, then that's uh, that just means I'm doing the job right. <laughs> yep, that, that's true. That's true. Okay, so yeah. today, uh, Tim from The Athletic, Tim Cato, y'all all know him uh, if you follow the Mavericks or love the Mavs. We're going to talk about some roster stuff first, then I'm going to ask him some Disney questions. Uh, there was a, I want to say a GM conversation or a media conversation with Adam Silver over the weekend or on Friday, I think. And uh, a few things came out of that I'll ask Tim about today. But first off, roster. Willie Cauley-Stein, much respect to him, opting out of Orlando as, um, as he's expecting uh, his little girl, I think. I think it's a little girl. I'm not sure. But, uh, but they're expecting their first child, so – uh, hats off to him. Hope everything goes uh, great with him and much respect to him. Trey Burke coming in uh, to, uh, onto the, back onto the roster, I should say back. What – was Dallas sniffing around any other names out there or was Trey Burke the one name they're like, all right, we, we got to get Trey Burke back? Can I briefly sidebar and ask, did you guys record an emergency Trey Burke podcast? I didn't listen to it, but I saw it on my feed. Listen. And I just – when there's no basketball for for months, you gotta have an emergency pod for something. So uh, it was emergency. What? Wait, no, 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 no. We did an emergency schedule pod. That's what it was. I thought, yeah, I thought you did an emergency pod for both. No, we and, actually we joked about okay. it, and there was some okay. tweets about it, and I, I think I was more down to do it, but Nick was like, I can't do it over like Trey Burke. So. <laughs> Um, okay. We did do it over the schedule, though, on, I guess it was Friday, whenever it, it, it did come out. So that was still embarrassing, too. But, you know, that's just everything we have to cling, cling on to right now. Um, but, yeah. but, yes, bringing, them bringing Trey Burke on, was it no doubt Trey Burke that they were going to replace Willie with or were there other names out there? Uh, I mean, I think, it, I think it made sense. Like, you know, they have the relationship, the established relationship with Ryan Brokoff. Um, you know, so that, that, that was always out there, you know, but, but they also have the relationship with Trey and with Brunson not going to play, they see him um, essentially as a like for like replacement. Obviously uh, Burke is not, you know, maybe a pure point guard like, uh, like Brunson is. Um, so, so you're losing some distribu uh, distribution and passing skills there, but you know, Burke also fits the system. Well, um, he's productive down the stretch of last season. Like I, I think that he is, you know, a barely an NBA player, which is not a, you know, there's 400, 300 NBA players, and he's like right in that, right at the end of, of, of that gap, which is still, you know, way better than I've ever been at anything. But, you know, the, the NBA is a brutal business. Uh, but, but, you know, I think that his, his, uh, his, his clear scoring skills are brought out in the system. And, you know, I think that's a useful thing to have on a playoff roster. You know, I, I I did a um, a back and forth with uh, with Saad Yusuf on the Athletic last week, and we were talking about the most important players for mm -hmm. this restart period. Um, and I think I, it took us like seven, six or seven role players to get to Berea. Um, I thought about putting him actually really high, just because this was before Burke, and just thinking about the 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 um, you know just how much of a burden he's going to have to he would have had to carry if he was the only bench guard the only other proper point guard on the roster so I think Burke you know added to the mix just relieves Berea a little bit I do have high hopes for Berea still but yeah. you know I, I think now you know almost officially a year and a half removed from the injury and you know there was there was an idea that that he was going to start getting minutes as they headed into the postseason anyway you know a more defined role 
Uh, that said, I, I think that, you know, you need, you need another option. And I think Burke fits that well. So uh, was, was he the only guy they considered? No, no, of course not. Um, but, but I think, I think it was a, a fairly straightforward decision um, where what, what he was able to do and what, um, you know, the Mavericks needed, you know, yeah. those things lined up fairly evenly. I know I read that piece between you and Saad and I just I clicked on it because I wanted to see where Dorian was because I literally just got in San, telling somebody the other day I'm like hey I think Dorian's the third most important piece on this team because it's I think it's harder to replace his defense if he went down uh, who would replace Dorian and I seen Saad's first pick was Dorian I'm like oh thank god I'm not stupid so and uh, so anyway. I what's what's funny is I think I was probably going to take Maxi first um yeah. But I, I just gave Saad the first pick. But in, in retrospect, Saad may have been right. The, well, for one, like, there's no player – Finney Smith, there's just no player like him on the roster. You, yeah. can't, you, you can't plug and play Justin Jackson. Like, he is that tall, and that's about where their similar, similarities end. Uh, they're just not similar players. This team is already light on wings. Um, but, yeah, I would have thought about Maxi, and I think this has taken uh, the, the conversation to where you wanted to steer it anyway. Um, I, I would have taken Maxi just because I think he's so crucial as, you know, the only other big man now with Willie not there, you know, besides Boban, who, you know, we, we understand Boban's limitations. So, you know, Maxi being Maxi and KP, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of weight to put on Maxi as a role player to make sure he's performing and able to be, you know, in every game, reliable, consistent guy, um, as, as, you know, one of the, what three players over six, 10, six, 11, whatever it is. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that leads into my next question with you is, you know, now we've swapped out the center and Willie for Trey Burke, another guard, the big man depth takes a little bit of hit there, but does it actually matter? Should Dallas try to add another big body, whether it's converting the two way guys up and adding an, at least another two way body in that um, are you worried at all? that we're looking at KP, Maxi, Boban as the only bigs on the roster, I guess. A, a tiny bit, yeah, um, for injury purposes. Yeah, I think if, if Maxi got hurt, uh, that would really, really mess up your rotations and your plans there. I, I do think that, as we know, in postseason basketball, it it's, tends to skew smaller. I think there will be a lot of KP-led KP's uh, KP lineups led by KP at the five, you know, I think that is going to be something that the, the Mavericks need to steer themselves towards and something that will be effective. If it is the Clippers in the first round, um, you know, I think that Maxi and KP, you know, being the only two big men you play during that series is a viable option. I think, you know, if you want to throw Boban, they, they had a game where they used Boban early against the Clippers. It might've been the first time they played. Um, and my my memory of that is that he was not bad, but not good. I think it was um, against Zubac, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you remember how he played? I'm trying to think back. I don't it feels no. like it I'm was like a decade Denver, ago. The Denver game. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would definitely give Boban a, a decent amount of run during the eight regular season games. Um, you know, he's he earned it by. I mean, I guess the carry is over, you know, but, but, you know, he, he was playing great uh, when the season was postponed and you just want to keep, you know, you want to give everybody a chance to, to, to play. You, you gotta, you gotta extend the rotations for sure. But I think once you've reached the postseason, 
if KP, you know, if KP gets hurt, that's a different issue. Yeah. But if Maxi were to get hurt, that would screw your rotation quite a bit. Um, yeah. So that's the that's the argument to go sign another guy just as an emergency option. Um, okay. I do not think that if they signed another player, that player would play um, outside of you know just a we have no other options or we just got to try something different. I just you know even even Colley Stein, I'm not sure how much he would have played in the postseason. Yeah, that was that was my thing over the past few days. Um, I just didn't think Willie would have played that much. It would have been more of like an emergency type thing. But do you think there is a possibility that they could move Reeves or Cleveland up to the roster and then them sign another one or two two-way guys? So how does – so that would work because it's expanded to 17, right? Yeah, yeah. But then they could – but they can't sign players unless it's – yeah. Uh, okay, gets, and that's, that's where it gets confusing. I mean, it's a situation we've never seen before, so it's like right for injuries, you can't just replace people. But if they opt out, like Willie, you can just re, you know replace them on the roster. So if they right. were to sign like a, a veteran in free agency, they would have to like waive somebody. But it looks like they're taking Courtney Brunson and Dwight to Orlando, and all three of them won't be playing. So right. But to my understanding, I thought that they – I think they could move Reeves or Cleveland up to up to the actual roster and then sign another two-way guy. But, I mean, I guess it's – But then could they, could they play the two-way guy? Like, like you can bring the two-way guy as well and then have them as the – it's – it's uh, – it's so I feel like it, – yeah, I feel like I understand each thing individually and I still don't know how they mesh together. Yeah. And – it hasn't been so important that I've had to ask, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Uh, me, I'm just okay. like, they'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. Let me ask you a Tim Hardaway question then. Do you think okay. anything in Disney could happen to affect his decision in the offseason? Interesting. Or, um, or what do you think he's – where do you think they're, like, headed to right now before Disney? I think that – it's not about Disney. It's about the financial um, overview, the financial forecast of what the cap's going to look like, what's, uh, you know, what the market's going to look like. I think it's so much financial. Like, it was obviously a financial decision before, yeah. but it was like a dealing with finances we understood. And now we're dealing with, you know, we don't know. Like, I do believe that if, if the... You know, obviously revenue has dropped, will drop, will continue to drop as we probably play a season next season without fans. Um, I do believe that it sounds like they would smooth over the cap um, in any scenario, so you wouldn't see a massive dip next season. Hmm. That said, you know, I'm still not sure whether this is going to be a good free agency market for Hardaway to to jump into. Um, Certainly, I think this has increased the possibility that he opts in. it was hard to. It was really hard to gauge what it, what the what the percentages were even before that. Like he, you know, as as far as I could tell, he was keeping it close to his chest. Like no one on the Mavericks, you know, if I'm sure they had some sort of read, but nobody nobody I was talking to ever was like, yeah, he's leaning this way, or he's leaning that way. But I would have to think that wherever he was beforehand, it's only increased that he that he opts in because you know it's a it's a decent bit of money still. Yeah. You know, it's not like. You know, it's it's a you know nineteen million, eighteen million, whatever it is. You know, that's that's uh, I don't know. I I think I think the chances he opts in are more likely. Whether Orlando, I I don't think Orlando would really affect it one way or the other. I guess unless 
like I, I don't see him playing so good that it forces him into free agency and it, it changing our opinion. Maybe he plays horribly and that would increase the chance that he opts in, I think. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think, the only scenario where his actual play on the court would uh, affect the odds, in, in, my, in my estimation, anyway. Yeah. Do you think the schedule, the, this Disney Orlando schedule, will impact free agency at all, whether in a good way or bad way? The fact that pretty much all GMs or teams are, will be there in one place, you'll have like a summer league type of, hey, they're going to talk and see each other, even though I guess agents won't be there. Or will right. it be because it's so quick and it happens right after the playoffs, we could see it more of a dead period and it's like not as active. It's, it's always interesting how many free agency link-ups, star link-ups are attributed to Team USA. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible something like that would happen, but, but I don't think it's as likely, you know, on Team USA, you're on the same team. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's slightly different, you know, especially like if you're two Western Conference players who might face each other in a few weeks, like, you know, these guys are still friends and friendly and, and can hang out together. But, you know, I think there is, it's not a, it's not quite as communal as, uh, of an experience as Team USA. Um, so yeah, to answer the question, I, I, I would say that it probably affects it in some way. I don't know. That's, that's the worst answer I've given to any question ever. No, well, well, yes, I mean, it, like, <laughs> it's impossible to like, right. Out because especially if you're, you know, like a finals team and you end, right. you know, a week before free agency and it's like, bam, here you are hitting free agency and everything. It feels like everything's going to go so quick those weeks in October where it's finals draft free agency and we're like wow and then here comes training camp around the corner whenever they land right. on it I, I don't think it'll be the december one date but it'll probably i think they'll push it yeah back. it definitely definitely seems like it's going to get pushed back tim let me tell you about this campaign that the lockdown podcast network is putting on right now the lockdown podcast network stands against racism and social injustice that's why we the host are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. This podcast is also brought to you by Blinkist. Man, Blinkist, it's literally like a secret weapon for, for learning new things and getting ahead, especially if you're a person who likes to read. I love to read but sometimes it takes a long time to actually set down or find time in your schedule uh, to set down and read an entire book this is where Blinkist comes in hand Blinkist is a really unique and it works on your phone your tablet or your web browser Blinkist takes the best key takeaways the need to know your information basically from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to only just 15 minutes so that you can read or listen to There have been plenty of times that I've been reading a book and you're just kind of going past it, going through the motions. I'm like, man, I wish I could just take away the key points from this. This is where Blinkist comes in hand. It will take any of these books that you want to read, sum them down to like 15 minutes, give you the key takeaways from that, and bam, here you go. Whether you're driving in the car, whether you're traveling, going on the next business trip, or you're making breakfast for the kids, Blinkist allows you to get the key takeaways from any of these popular books that are out there that maybe you're wanting to read right now. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all the books for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. 
Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% and only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Their schedule came out the other day. Uh, Mavs Twitter's having fun with trying to predict the record coming out of that, uh, which is always a, a fun task. Five and three. Let's go five and three. Uh, I think it's nearly impossible to try to figure out who's going to be like good or in shape or healthy or, well, I mean, at this point that we're recording this on Sunday, we still don't know, like there could be a, another name or two that decides to opt out of Orlando that could change the whole landscape, but Wilson Chandler, like an hour ago, right? Two oh, hours ago, something like that. that. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I that. Um, so your first thoughts looking at the Mavs schedule, anything that stood out to you good or bad? I love that it's Houston first. That's mm -hmm. great. I mean, obviously the first game is just going to be so sloppy and messy. Um, yes. And something about that being against Houston just, like, fills me with joy. Like, it's just, like, the perfect team just to play the sloppiest, messiest, uh, you know, most least aesthetically pleasing game possible against Houston. Something about that is just great to me. Um, National, National so that's, TV game, too, so we can all oh, hell yeah. and complain and enjoy it. <laughs> um what else jumps out to me um i i think it's interesting and, and you actually mentioned this before before the pod a little bit but um you know portland and phoenix being the last two especially phoenix you know those yeah. teams are not going to have anything to play for um if, if, if dallas needs a win to, to try to solidify a move up and that's the thing like they don't have to when it's the last couple games of the season they're going to have a pretty clear idea well i'm trying to remember um they have to go a half game up right because they have they have this weird half game yeah, on the next weird. two teams above them if, if they want to advance in the standings um so that's that's a you know if they get that half game you know if they, if they can move up they, they they can go into those last two knowing they have to win um and, and that it's in it's in their own favor just generally it's interesting it's it's those two and, and that you know like you said i think it's a it's there's a good chance that neither team Neither Portland or Phoenix has, has anything to play for at that point. Um, LA, Milwaukee back to back, that's tough. You know, that's the, the favorite finals matchup, you know, if, if, if we're going strictly by percentages or, or like, you know, Vegas odds. Yeah. Um, if you're otherwise, Dallas, you know. Well, if you're Dallas ahead. coming out of those eight, uh, eight seeding games, and let's just say they're going into that Phoenix game or whatever it is, and they have the choice. If you're Dallas, who would you want to play round one? I've said Denver for a while. Okay. I think they match up great with Denver. Clearly, Bogon does. Yeah. That's that's established. <laughs> um, no, I think I think Denver is is the team I've I've said most often. Um, I think that Denver is you know just a they're beatable. I, I, even you know it wasn't yeah low Zach Lowe was talking about it on his podcast just the other day how. He's not even sure he would make Denver the favorite if, mm. if they're if they're matched up against uh, Dallas in the first round, or at least said that you know it had very high upset potential. And I, I tend to agree. You know, I just Denver is one of those teams that doesn't scare me. They don't have enough defenders to bother Luca necessarily. Um, you know, Malik Beasley's good, and you know they've. But but I, I'm just they're they're not a team that that scares me. And I love that team, and I'd love for them to prove me wrong. Um, and in terms of them, you know, it, it'd be really fun if, if, you know, some way, somehow 
they end up like winning the whole thing, which I think is possible. But at the yeah. same time, they're not a team that currently really scares me. And, uh, and it's, it's just, you know, I think that's a team they match up fine with. Um, Jokic being on the floor, um, I think it's good skinny, for Porzingis. Skinny Jokic. Skinny Jokic. He's been in the gym. I can see his jaw bones now. That's crazy. They're, uh, they're defined. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, I think just knowing that the other team will have a big man and like a, a not a plotting big man, but you know, not a, not a, you know, Tucker. athletic. Yeah. And, and, you know, just having that and, and knowing you can play KP on the other end um, and not lose anything. I think, I think that's worthwhile. You know, I, I think that in any series, you know, even if it was the Rockets first round, which I don't think is possible, but you know, even if they were playing the Rockets, they obviously the Mavericks would find ways to play KP. Um, but, and, and I would like to say, you know, there was one game earlier this season where he was real effective yeah. against a lot of mismatched smaller players. I remember that game vividly. Well, even the um, Houston game without Luca, I think KP put up like that's right. 32 or 35, something like that's that. right. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but that said, you know, I think, I think it's, it's a little bit easier when, when you're guaranteed to have a big man on the floor across from you and just, just, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a good matchup. It's, it's, it's the one I would take out of the, out of the teams that I, I think that they're possibly going to end up paired against and matched yeah. up against. So at the media call, I guess, uh, with Adam Silver on Friday, uh, you know, a lot was talked about with the rising COVID-19 cases in Florida and specifically Orange County there uh, that uh, Disney World is in. You know, the test came back on Friday. We haven't did a pod since that uh, the test came back. 16 of the 302 players uh, that were tested last Tuesday uh, came back positive. Is that an encouraging sign for you that it was at least six? I mean, we hate, we hate any positive test for sure, but did you expect that number to be higher? I don't know what I expected, to be honest. Like, everybody's so spread out on all, all their own different markets. Um, uh, it, was, it was hard to say. You know, I thought I, I, was, I had no clue where, where it was going to land. Um, obviously, 16 is, is, you know, better than 60. It's better than, yeah. you know, any, any, any number, any integer higher than 16. It's, it's you know, it's, it's better than that. So, um, I, I think that's a um, workable, doable uh, number to, to yeah. I guess, keep moving forwards with this. Obviously, what's happening in Florida is, is, is scary and worrisome. Um, Florida it's, and Texas, it's, uh, where, where me yeah. and you both are here, here in Texas and Dallas and stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll be careful not to get too political with this next <laughs> sentence, but it, it is crazy that the, that the idea that the players may be safer inside the bubble, um, mm-hmm. maybe safer traveling to Florida than in their home markets, it is crazy that that is like an actual legitimate argument I think you can make. That, that traveling and being around these people and being holed up in hotels might actually be safer than, than being in their home markets. And I think that's a legitimate argument. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a legitimate argument you can make. No, I'm, so. I'm there completely with you. Um, right. When it comes with, you know, I think they had an, another 9,000 reported the other day in that county, or I mean, in Florida, and that county keeps going up there where they're going to be staying. Is there a threshold that the NBA has to where, like, is there any type of number that would be too high that would risk everything of happening? Or is this whole Disney plan, is, is it full on go? I feel like this is a question that gets, that I get asked from either like friends or family, or whatever, like, all right, is the season happening no matter what at this point? Or are there still things that could happen for them to say, well, no, we're going to hold everything back. 
I, I think it's I think it's all about the government response. If the government goes ahead and bans gatherings of of a hundred people or more, I think it's purely about that. I, I think that's a situation where the NBA has to say we are going forwards with our plan. It, the, the, you know, we've our plans are public. We've made it clear what we're doing. And if the government says it is safe to continue these plans, which you know, even if they're not explicitly saying that, if if they're not banning large gatherings, they are essentially saying that. Um, my understanding, my belief, you know, I, I think it, it's reasonable to assume that, you know, the NBA will just keep moving forwards with that. So I think I think it all comes down to the governor. Um, obviously, don't have the um, best opinions about how he's handled all this, um, but fingers crossed that it is a surge that can die back down. You know, uh, you know, take your pick, uh, all of the above. Um, I hate I hate that I, I even hate that I, I said I, I'm, tr- I'm just trying not to get too political earlier. Um, when we're literally talking about public health, <laughs> you know, come I know, on now. I know. This, this is not, this is not a political issue, um, yeah. or should not be, but no, great country we live in. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that was, uh okay. that was the conclusion of my thoughts on that. <laughs> we'll, we'll transition to, okay. Well, actually one, one other question or a thing that silver, uh, said, and I'm gonna paraphrase this best I can. I should have it up. But when he said that, Hey, we're coming back because basketball matters. And that it's more of like a unifying thing. When you read that quote, did you say, okay, yes. Or did you read it and say, no, you're coming back because of money. The the second. (laughs) That's what I did too. I mean, it's, it's not like a surprise to say that the NBA's primary purpose is making money. It's literally its primary purpose. You know, it will be nice to see basketball, live basketball on television. If, if, assuming we make it another month and and this, this, is pulled off successfully which you know i'm certainly hoping praying it it, it it does but but yeah i mean the it's it's the the nba is is uh is a business and we live in a very business uh country that yeah. cares a lot about capital so tim this is a very important part of the podcast as i get to introduce you to none other than built bar built bar is a literally a staple to the lockdown mavericks podcast nick and i are both huge fans uh, of Built Bar as they sponsor this podcast for a while now. And honestly, this is not your average protein bar, okay? Because if you go to a local gym and or you go to your local supermarket and uh, you're like, hey, I'm going to try to get healthy. I'm going to buy some protein bars for maybe a breakfast or a snack, whatever. I'm not going to lie. Most protein bars, they suck. And I hate them. And I've always hated the taste of a lot of protein bars. But back, what, three or four weeks ago, Nick and I both uh, received a box of Built Bars as they started advertising for our network. And the very first bar I ate, I'm like, this is not your average protein bar. I loved it. Uh, and mint brownie, that's by far my, my favorite flavor. So also, if you're a health conscious guy and you're watching your carbs, like I'm watching my carbs right now, one bar after the dietary fibers are taken out is less than 10 carbs uh, per bar. So Get on top of that. Order Built Bar right now. They have 16 amazing flavors. They taste just like a candy bar. They're covered 100% in chocolate. They have eight flavors that are chocolate nut flavors. They have eight other flavors that are nut-free flavors. They're soft. They're easy to chew. There's plenty of of different flavors, like I said. Uh, Just hop on the website and go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
there's a great piece on athletic where it's in, I forgot who wrote it, but they broke down all these quotes basically from that phone call. It might've been Amic. I don't know, but um, towards the end, they, they mentioned this, Hey, we're going to try to enhance this like viewership for the fans. And we're going to have never before seen camera, foot, you know, camera angles and different. Is there anything you can speak on to what the league is planning on for this fan viewership with, yeah, this gym that has no fans in it. What are, what are they looking at trying to pull off for people watching on TV? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about, like, if you think about how the gym is going to look, you have to do something so it doesn't remind you of high school basketball. You have to spruce it up in some way. You have to try to take the presentation up where, you know, maybe the bleachers can get pushed back into the wall and – you know, and if, uh, if, if, you know, you know, like, I think it might be, I, I still haven't, I feel like I still haven't seen a photo of the actual gym. Have you, is, is that circulating I'm out just, there? I've seen one of just one gym though. I haven't seen the other. Okay. Gym. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know how much the gyms themselves even look like high school or AAU. Um, but obviously like you want the product to reflect professionality. And I think that's easier to do you know, like I've, I've watched a lot of Bundesliga Premier League came back a week ago. You know, if you're in your big, huge stadium, like even if the seats are empty, you know, it still looks professional because you're in this massive sprawling million dollar, you know, um, uh, building, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Um, and, and something about like just a small gym without, you know, that I, I think will look different and will look weird. And so the more bells and whistles and tricks and, you know, fancy little additions you can add to it, I, I think um, to, to try to offset that, I think that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I would watch the basketball if they're playing outdoors on a double rim, you know, with, with, uh, with the three-point line, you know, that, that's a little crooked over on, in the corner. And, like, I, I, it doesn't totally affect me, but obviously the aesthetic of how they present it you know, does matter and it does, does affect the viewer, you know, the, the viewership and, and the way that people um, interact with it. Uh, And, and so, yeah, you know, the, the more they can do with that, and I certainly, you know, I I don't know how much is finalized. I don't know how much is, is set in stone. Um, You know, I know the the, the 2k music, the 2k sounds, they're, they're, you know, doing a lot of crossover with with the 2k, um, you know, uh, game presentation, I guess, you know, just kind of, kind of, sliding that into, you know, a lot of what they do. So I think that's all going to be um, interesting. I, I don't really have any more details to, to share beyond what, what, you know, the commissioner did, but, uh, you know, I don't blame them for, for getting creative. And I, I, hope, I hope some of the camera angles are actually really cool. Um, I'm, I'm not optimistic. It's just, it's, it's not even bad. It's just like, when, when have you seen, when's the last time you saw a new camera angle and you're like, oh, wow, this like, changes wow. my impression. Yeah, like, we know the, like, five that are cool. Like, we have, like, you know, you have the one that you always want to watch live basketball with. And then you want, like, you know, a couple, one behind the backboard, you know. I I like, I like the one where they put it, like, above the, above the rim, looking down. That, that can be a good angle. Um, Like, how many more angles do you need? Like, I I don't, I don't know. I like the angles for, like, replays. I don't, I just, right. want, I just want the option to be able to watch it normal. I don't want it yes. to be like, all right, we're going to incorporate, you know, 10 different angles and it, they're just cutting back and forth. That, that will be enough. Right. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, like I, I know that a lot of online streaming, you know, like TNT does this, a lot of places that stream it, like give you options of, of switching back and forth. It'd be interesting to see how much they, they experiment with that. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree that uh, that's another thing, getting the camera angle as close to the actual NBA camera angle in a, in an arena is important. And if the gym is closer, I, I think that they're big gyms. Like I think they can get, the angle to where it needs to be but but you know think about it those cameras are always at the back of the first uh what do you the, the first uh le- layer lever yeah. le- level like the top of the inner bowl or something or yeah yeah the top of the first bowl that's the word i'm looking for first bowl it's been so long since i've talked about basketball it feels <laughs> like 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 these words bowls and you know <laughs> concourse uh but yeah concourse exactly like i don't remember what a concourse looks like you know <laughs> I have I have vague memories of another life where uh, that the, those those are things I used to walk on uh, going into going into arenas, uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see like if they literally do not have enough space to back up all the way, like like that will affect the camera angle and probably make it feel even less normal if if you can't you know if you can't broadcast from the same angles. That that's that's a really interesting thing. I, I you know just I kind of. It just kind of popped in my head but yeah you know if, if they don't have the space to recreate those camera angles it will feel weird so title wise this has been you know Shaq's talked about it oh justin it. anderson signing with the nets oh let's go yeah so he's the the wilson chandler replacement i like Look at so. that i'm happy for can we do it can we turn this into an emergency justin anderson podcast so Justin Anderson signing with the Nets. How does this improve the Nets? I mean, we're about to talk about title stuff. I mean, okay, I'll just change it and say, and say instead of any team, if the Nets win the title now, will will it have an asterisk next to it? Asterisk, asterisk. Well, yeah, they just signed Justin Anderson. That's not fair to the rest of the league. It's Justin Anderson. How many? You know, this, he's breaking out, man. He's gonna be the best player of this entire quarantine post quarantine lockout basketball yeah oh my god he's he's finally put it together um uh asterisk um yeah no i mean is there so tell me this do you feel like there's an asterisk on the 1999 title the the lockout one that the Spurs one see i don't think so because i think there's a i think there is a distinct difference for me and obviously this is my opinion to where you start a game later and then you just play like a short amount of games and it goes straight into the playoffs. Right. Compared to Do you think, play a chunk and then off for so long. Okay. Follow-up question. Yeah. Do you think there's a general consensus that the 1999 title has an asterisk on it? No. I don't. Yeah. I don't think there is either. And so as much as people will point out in two decades, Oh yeah, that was that weird season with the pandemic and it happened like that. I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to think of like a lockout is a more common occurrence than a pandemic, you know, True. causing a three month break, you know, maybe that sticks out, you know, obviously like I, our generation, you know, everybody, but our generation will be forever affected. Like on a, on a personal level, we will forever be affected yeah. by everything we've experienced over the last three months. So maybe it will stick out so much to all of us that we will never be able to separate um, like this year from the pandemic and thus never be able to separate this title from the weird way it, it, it resumed. Um, again, fingers crossed that we, we get all the way there. But I, you know, if, if we don't put asterisks on lockout seasons, I tend to think that in two decades, 
it's just going to be someone who won. Um, yeah. I think and I think the argument who that wins too. I, I yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing. I think that argument holds some weight for me as well. Yeah. Where if it's if it's a favorite, you know, if it's one of the top four teams, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Raptors, maybe, mm. especially since they're the you know the the defending champions, maybe the Sixers. Whereas if it's Denver, if it's um, even Houston, I feel like that one might hold up just because they've had so much success previously. Mm. You know, well, relative success. Like, you know, they've been to conference finals, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't know. Definitely, definitely if it's a team out of, you know, if the Mavericks inexplicably win somehow, yes. I I think everybody will always look back. You know, it's it's not it's not something that that a that an MFFL should be ashamed of. You know, enjoy the hell out of that title. If you know that, that this hypothetical win, if championship, if if somehow that actually happens. But um, I, I do think that there would be a general consensus that it was like, oh, that was probably because of this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that I think that in two decades, assuming it's one of the five or six best teams that wins. I, I don't think it's going to be viewed, you know, it's, it's going to be a factoid. That's, that's what I feel like the 1999 championship is. Like, it's got like a factoid attached to it. Not an asterisk, just, just like a, just like a, oh, fun fact about this. It was a lockout season. Some people say this is why they won. Mm. Like, like that's, I feel like that's how we view the Spurs one. Yeah. And I feel like that's how I would view um, like 15 or, or yeah 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 and how it will tend to get viewed but i mean who knows yeah who knows okay my last thing i want to talk to you about was uh your incredible piece with luka Doncic's trainer in slovenia I trainer think it was in slovenia yeah um yes you know, the the misquote made its rounds on the uh the internet which is super fun about luka not being uh, in shape uh, which i chuckled at and uh it, that was fun to see everybody freaking out about that. But so just to clarify, you talked to the trainer who actually gave that quote and it, he gave it in a different language. Right. And then it was like, they forgot a word and then everybody's freaking out saying Luca was not in shape. Can you clarify that? Yeah. So he gave it in Russian. And if you literally just copy and paste what was written in Russian and put it in Google translate, it misses the word um, game. So it said Luca is not in shape, where it should have said Luca is not in game shape. I have had several people DM and, and at me, mention me, um, ever since I published the article, being like, "Oh yeah, never Google Translate Russian. It just doesn't come out right." So that's apparently a, a thing about Russian. So the more you know. Um, so so yeah, I had a feeling that Luca's trainer didn't just like trash his, his actual shape. I had a I had a had a pretty strong gut feeling that's not actually what happened, and then I saw someone say that it was a, also a mistranslation, mm. so it just caused me to reach out, and I thought it was just going to be oh let's clear this up and also talk some questions out, and it turns out like him and his camp was was annoyed, like actually really upset about this, mm. um, you know like in in context like it's still just a media quote you know it's not like yeah. it was they were losing sleep on it but yeah they were they were, they were annoyed. You know, and, and you know, Luca wasn't annoyed annoyed at um, Yure, I believe is is the pronunciation of the first name. We're we're going over this or Yure Draxler, that's the um the, the Slovenian coach Luca was working with. 
you know, he was just annoyed at, at you know, just the way that it kind of spiraled and how one site did a poor translation and then a bunch more sites did poor aggregation. Aggregation um, life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so things, what was things your big, I don't miss at the athletic. What was uh, what was your big takeaway from that conversation? Because y'all y'all touched on a bunch of different things that I remember making notes on about him talking about Luca, how he had big feet, you know, when he was younger, and uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you talked about the early days. You talked about his recovery and stuff. Now, if you could highlight one thing from that conversation with him that really stood out to you, what would it be? The way that he he talks about Luca being a humble guy who isn't caught up in his stardom. I thought that was interesting. I think that we started touching. It was, what's funny is like, we touched on a lot of things I've written about in a lot more depth. Mm. We, we, we touched on his athleticism and how it's, it's unique and how it's, um, he, he can do a lot more, you know, like deceleration is, 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 is his famous, you know, athletic skill. And I think everybody knows that now. But, you know, even, even kind of the way that he, um, when his muscles are engaged, like, like when he is moving forwards, he can exert or, or then moving backwards. Um, when, his, when his muscles are in an engaged state, he can push off more. I'm not explaining it well, but, but I wrote a story, you know, all about his muscular ability and just like how he has more, like he, his body knows his muscles can handle more in these states essentially mm-hmm. and and you know and and he touched on that a little bit and i, I almost yeah, that's when i when i transcribed it i was like oh man i should have asked a follow-up we should have got more specific about that um but but it's something i've i've talked to um p3 p3 the the, the sports science institute i talked to the founder marcus elliott for a story that was nominally uh, you know about lucas step back three but really about his athleticism and so, you know, I talked about his, his humble nature, you know, something I think has come up in other stories I've written, you know, when I went to Slovenia and wrote about it, uh, I remember one of his coaches telling me he had big feet, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's Luca, you know, there, there aren't a bunch of competing narratives about Luca, like more and more, like everybody says he's this, this is who he is, like, this is the guy he is. And I think that's cool um, because by and large, you know, it's, it's, he's this humble not driven by stardom isn't isn't obsessed with stardom guy you know who who just leaves a good impression on just about everybody he's he's around and and it doesn't matter who i talk to it feels like those same words get told back to me and and you know in in each person's own experience uh so so that's that's if that's a kind of broader takeaway but i I think that that was a cool thing from the interview no i like it and you you also talked about him like recovering from injuries and I guess based off that part of the conversation and you just the whole conversation with the trainer in general, Draxler, what do you expect of Luca coming into in coming now he's back in Dallas, but what type of uh, shape do you expect Luca to be in right now, health wise and everything wise coming back into training camp, I guess training camp or at least workouts next week or this week? Well, I just popped Russian into Google translator and I don't think he's in good shape according to Google Nah, he'll be fine, man. He'll be fine. I honestly think that he needed he needed a break to heal, you know, these these nagging injuries more than he needs to be at peak physical shape. I think that he can lose 10% of his conditioning and if he heals up his ankle and his wrist and his hand, he will be a better player. You know, like like if 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 all these nagging injuries are healthy, 
it doesn't matter if he lost some conditioning. Like, I just, I think he'll be fine. Like, he's always been a player who, you know, even, you know, I think he started the season in the best shape he's ever been in his entire life. Um, and I still think there's further he can go there. But, you know, he was still, how good was he his rookie season when he was nominally not in shape? Like, he's a guy who doesn't have to be, you know, at his, you know, he's, he's, he's talented enough that, you know, it's not all about conditioning for him. Like, it is and it isn't. And so uh, I think he will be, I think he will be great. I think he's going to be very, very good um, when, when they get back started. Well, Tim, you're the man. I really appreciate this. Uh, guys, I mean, I don't have to tell you all where you can find Tim Cato, but obviously he's on Twitter. Listen to his podcast, 77 Minutes in Heaven uh, on The Athletic. Um, yeah, read all this stuff. You already, you already read it. If for some reason you don't have a subscription to The Athletic by now, I don't know what to tell you. Do you have a trial? Go to right – yeah, go to uh, – use my podcast trial. Go to theathletic.com slash 77 minutes in heaven and it's 40% off, which I think is oh, let's go. just about, yeah, 40% is good. Like, I don't think we ever offer more than that. Um, I think we did 50 once or something, but it's mostly 40 and that's, that's, that's a good one. So if, uh, if you've been waiting to make the plunge for any reason, do that. Um, yeah. Also note that the, the podcast is free. So we're, we do, yeah. you can listen to it on our app, but it's also, it is not behind the paywall. Um, I do a weekly episode with Dave Dufour, and I'm going to start mixing in a few more guests as, uh, as we head into the, the, the coming weeks and months. Um, but Mark Followell and Brian Damaris, uh, Damaris being the Mavericks' first analytics staffer back in the day. He was hired in, like, 2005. Uh, Brian, wow. Yeah, I might have been the first league-wide, the first wow. full-time analytics front office employee. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but it wouldn't make sense, you know, with the way that Cuban has always been forward thinking. Yeah. Um, there's actually a podcast I recorded with Brian and Seth part now who now writes for the athletic, but used to work for the bucks as an analytics guy. And we just get really nerdy and deep about analytics, but also just like the job itself. Mm. Like that's why I had two former analytics employees and just like, how's the job um, moved on. So that, I think that was in late March. So if, if that interest, if that episode sounds interesting for anyone, you can go find it on our feed. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I do a weekly episode, and then uh, Mark and Brian do a, do a weekly episode. Um, so we've always got, you know, two, two episodes a week. So not competing with y'all's, uh, y'all's daily good. grind. No, 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 uh, no desire. No desire to do a daily, <laughs> daily podcast. No, no desire to do emergency Trey Burke podcast. But um, I'll, 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 leave that, I'll leave that for you guys. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, no, we, uh, we have a fun time. Well, Tim, uh, the last time I saw you in person, we were uh, at a protest rally in downtown Dallas. We were. And, uh, we met up and saw each other in our mask and everything. And uh, hopefully I can see you again in the near future in person. So I my, my hair has only got longer. I'm, I'm at three and a half months with no haircut. And uh, let's go. I can, I, can, I can see yours is, uh, is, is running out a little bit, too. Yes, yes, it is. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see uh, Rick Carlisle bring it a full circle. Rick Carlisle roast you about your hair. Oh, no, oh, that is going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> it Especially will. if I like, I, if I keep it going, oh man. Yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. All right, you're the man. It's going to happen. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for everything and talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, dude.